0: Welcome to Wing Torn. This is the story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman who hides the secret of her blood, and an emerging force threatening a tentative peace between humans and the Fae. This is a fantasy serial podcast, written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book two. Allegiance. Chapter 8 Fingal 15 Years Ago One moment, the Dunma residence held its breath as the babes slept upstairs. The next, it was a center of activity for guests would be arriving at any moment. Dunlorgan, Dunnock's father, and Male hurried in and out of the house as they compensated their workers with bread and coin, received updates on the construction, issued new instructions for the project, and invited their workers to stay for the party. Despite this invitation, the workers seemed content to remain outside, even in the somewhat chilly air. Fingal did not complain, as he had no interest in acquainting himself with more strangers especially in the face of meeting dozens of people in a few short hours. Brendan, unable to contain his excitement for the party, had been instructed to run to the market to retrieve whatever produce the farmers had left. He dutifully bounded down the road with his never-ending reserve of energy. Donock insisted there was nothing for Fingal to do. As his mother and father had already taken care of inviting the neighbors, And Malé had given Nora the somewhat undesirable task of making pots upon pots of strong-smelling vegetable stew. Despite this delegation of work, Malé had not taken her hands off the reins. Malé would enter the kitchen, peer into the stew pots Nora tended, and make minor adjustments to the proceedings, whether it was adding more water, or vegetables to the pot, or wood to the stove. The modifications were accompanied by an ominous warning that guests would arrive at any moment, so it was best to be prepared. Nora accepted these critiques and additions readily, though each time Male returned to her business outside, her frown deepened. Fingal resigned to keep her company in the kitchen by chopping a mountain of carrots that had appeared on the dining table. Fingal was happy to keep his hands occupied, even if his mind raced with worst-case scenarios. Even Nora seemed wary as her gaze continually flitted to the upstairs bedroom where Riona was supposed to be sleeping, where Donnock had just successfully relocated baby Connor for the evening. She's been saying people will arrive for at least an hour, Nora said, casting a glance at the front door Malay had shut just moments prior. The sun was setting, filling the kitchen with a soft, warm light. The stew will keep if no one comes, but is it really worth it to make it this much? Nora glanced at the four pots on the stove and removed one, placing it on a metal trivet on the counter. She began rummaging the cupboards for an empty pot. At the orphanage, funds had been tight. No one went hungry under Mother Zeppelin's care, although the children boarding there absorbed her worries along with a basic education. Fingal, perhaps more so. Nora and Brendan had spent most of their formative years with their family, and had known relative plenty. Fingal had learned that if he wanted plenty, he had to steal or kill for it. He winced as his paring knife went through the orange flesh of the carrot. Molly can feed the leftovers to her workers. Nora huffed a sigh as she began a new pot of stew, casting her worries now, upstairs, to the bedroom above. Well, the celebration better not last all night. Little Connor needs his sleep. So does Iris. And me. I'm sure the babe will sleep right through, Fingal said cordially. And iris? Nora prompted, raising an eyebrow at him. She'll sleep her usual amount, I suspect. Hopefully, she had enough sense to hide her wings in front of Connor. He was just a baby, but if anyone decided to go in there... Shouldn't she be up from her nap by now? Nora asked. She had been stirring the various boiling stews, but set down her wooden spoon and took a few steps towards the stairs. He hadn't even thought of fetching or involving Riona in the preparations, and guilt surged through him. She was tall enough to open the door if she wanted. It wasn't locked. Yet she hadn't emerged. Perhaps she really was sleeping. She'll come down if she wants. Otherwise, she can stay up there, watch over Connor for us. Nora looked uncertain. She's just a baby herself. How can she look after Connor? You've traveled with her. She'll wake up first if Connor cries and rush down to tell us if it's anything serious. She'd likely already be awake as she slept far less than other full-blooded humans around her. And what was the worst that could happen to Connor? He wasn't walking. He could barely roll over, unless he somehow managed to tumble from his crib. Unlikely, as the sides were high and sturdy. Baby Connor would not be the one to cause trouble. Riona, however. Nora leveled him with a stare that Fingal could not entirely interpret, but it contained a hint of smugness. "'You have a lot to learn about children, Fingal,' Fingal bit down his reply. Nora had been around her child far less than Fingal had been around Riona, yet it was inappropriate to point that out, especially when he was more of a guest in this house than she was. It wasn't long after that that guests began to arrive. Fingal greeted the first few with curt politeness, and then chopped the remaining carrots so quickly he nearly sliced his fingers open. Dunnock soon joined them in the kitchen, greeting them all by name, even though he was not well acquainted with any of them. They knew him, however, and spoke highly of his family. Dunnock's cheeks colored with a quiet pride. Nora, seeing Fingal's eagerness to disappear, blessed his hurried exit from the increasingly crowded kitchen with an impatient smile. Fingal climbed the stairs to check on the babes. In the space of two hours, the sky had darkened and dozens of people had descended upon the Danma residence to celebrate Dunnock and Nora's return to Ashdown. The house, which had seemed large when standing upon the never-ending plains, shrank and shriveled now that it was packed with neighbors, friends, and other merrymakers. At first, Fingal had been content to lean against the railing on the landing upstairs and watch the bustling crowd mingle. Cups filled, then emptied, and the visitors relaxed. One of the neighbors had brought a fiddle and sat up at the foot of the stairs and began sighing out a jovial tune. Even Fingal found his feet tapping in time. He looked over at the closed door to the bedroom, where Riona was safely ensconced. When he checked on her earlier, she was lying on her back in bed, staring at the ceiling. He called to her, yet she'd said nothing. He remembered the scent of roses, of magic. What did she do? If she or Connor cried, would they hear it over the party? Riona would fetch him if there was trouble. Would she also use her magic if there was trouble? How would he explain it? The scenarios ripped through his mind as fast as the fiddler's fingers, and Fingal saw only one conclusion his friends exposing him as a liar and a traitor to his countrymen. Best if he remained close to the room, just in case. Just as he was justifying his removed role from the party, Rendon emerged from the crowded stairway and saddled up beside Fingal, a full tumbler in hand. Beer sloshed over the lip. One of Dunnock's parents' friends had brought three kegs by carriage all the way from Mudvale, Given that Mudvale was more than a day's journey from Ashdown, Fingal suspected this gathering had been planned for some time, even if the reason for celebrating had changed. Brendan's face was flushed from the drink and his time outside, where the drink was stationed. He grinned at Fingal, and Fingal felt later. Fingal, come on. You're missing out. Take this. He shoved the overly full tumbler into Fingal's hand. The liquid splashed over the side again, wetting Fingal's fingers. Fingal wasn't overly fond of consuming brewed beverages, but he was less fond of socializing. Brendan stared at him expectantly until Fingal imbibed the tiniest of sips. Fingal nodded his approval, and satisfied, Brendan pointed down at the crowd. You can't stay up here all night. Join me. I've been talking you up all night. Talking about me? Fingal's insides twisted. What about me? Brendan wasn't listening. Just come. Don't be sour. It's a party. It's in our honor. Be a good guest. Fingal cast a glance at the closed door once more. He'd been standing guard for over an hour now, in between fielding polite conversation about who he was, how he knew the Dunma family, and where he had served in the war. He had done that much already. More time in the fray of the crowd would not make much of a difference, he supposed, especially if it would satisfy Brendan. Riona would be fine. He would be fine. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by The Violet Fox, a young adult fantasy novel by Claire C. Marshall. If you enjoy Cinderella stories with castle intrigue, magic, and a little bit of romance, visit thevioletfoxseries.com to read the first three chapters now. That's thevioletfoxseries.com. And now, Wingtorn continues. Brendan took each downward step carefully with a joyful laugh, stopping occasionally to give or receive an inside joke, often at his own expense. The guests shared his enthusiasm, and Fingal wondered, puzzled, how Brendan had managed to befriend half of Ashdown. He'd been at the market for what? A handful of hours? Fingal would never be able to do that. Fingal followed his friend, half expecting to brace his fall. The front door swung open and then closed every few minutes, sending in a respite of cold air in the hot, crowded kitchen. Some of the guests were arranging a fire outside. Eventually the party would migrate there. That gave Fingal a modicum of relief. Once everyone was outside, he could easily slip away and join Riona. Connor was in the guest bedroom as well, though surely Donak and Nora would take him for the night. Fingal breathed out slowly as the press of bodies became more intense on the ground floor. The tumbler sloshed some more, and he narrowly avoided drenching his shirt. He looked longingly up at his previous spot. It was already occupied by other guests. Fingal was a tall man and could easily pick out the familiar faces among the strangers. They passed Nora who was making her way outside with Donok and two empty tumblers. Nora caught Fingal's eye and glanced up at the railing by the bedroom. Fingal nodded to assure her that their children were safe. Donok put a hand on the small of her back and led them outside, tumblers clanging appropriately with the music. Donok's parents were holding court at the back of the kitchen. Dunlorgan was a lively storyteller, and Malay interjected with additional details at precisely the right moments, as if they were trained performers. Their guests were rapt, despite the loud din of the room. Yet the real king of the party was not the hosts, but Captain Galen Stovall. He had settled himself at the kitchen table, regaling the neighbors and his fellow imperial guards, with tales of his various private wartime missions, and high-profile rescues. As it was an informal occasion, Galen and his fellow soldiers were dressed casually, but each had war medals and rank pinned upon their breasts, lest anyone in the room forget their status. Fingal took another sip of his drink. The Citizens' Brigade didn't need pips and medals. They did the dirty work in the forests and the trenches. You either were part of the fight or you weren't. All the same, Fingal curled his lip and wished he had something to pin over his heart, some kind of physical manifestation of the sacrifice and pain he had suffered. Brendan and Fingal squeezed around the table before the captain, and clearly Brendan had already worked his charm. The men slapped him on the back, and Galen made a remark that Fingal didn't catch, which turned Brendan's ears stark red. To save himself, Brendan clapped a hand down hard on Fingal's shoulder. You remember my friend Fingal, right? Uh, Morpleth, Galen said to his men, and they shared that same inquisitive look Galen had given Fingal when they'd first met. Yes, Fingal said uneasily, swirling his drink. Explaining his unusual name was not a conversational path he was ready to venture down. Time to take the reins. I thought your wife and son would be joining us. Galen's face lit up for the briefest moment, impressed that Fingal had remembered the detail from their previous conversation. Adeline is outside with Oliver, with the spouses. She doesn't like a crowd. Nor do I. Fingal muttered, though he hadn't meant to express his displeasure out loud. "'As a member of the Guard, I'm used to being uncomfortable,' Galen said. "'Right, lads?' There was a round of cheery agreement. Even Brendan joined in. Fingal said nothing, though he held Galen's contemptuous stare. "'As I was about to say,' "'I've accepted a commission from the king himself,' Galen said, "'raising his eyebrows, searching each rapt face for a congratulatory remark. "'His men clapped him on the shoulder, suggesting a toast. "'Fingal raised his tumbler respectfully "'and offered a polite smile in acknowledgement, "'yet the entire scene made his unease more distinct.' If the evil queen could visit him in a dream, if she was watching him in this moment, could she use him to spy on a high-ranking imperial guard? No, no, if he started thinking like that, he would spiral into an unreturnable place. Admittedly, Fingal was curious, though annoyed that his curiosity had been piqued in such a contrived attempt for Galen to stroke his own ego. Brendan eagerly offered Galen Stovall what he wanted, a follow-up question. What kind of commission, captain? Like, a higher rank? What's higher than captain? Does the Imperial Guard have admirals? Or is that the Navy? Is the commission more like a secret mission? The captain chuckled good-naturedly, as did the other Imperials, and Brendan joined in, Fingal suspected they were laughing at Brendan's naive excitement, not the general spirit of the announcement. "'Well,' Galen said, with the tone of someone about to settle into a long story. "'Not a promotion of title, per se. I've already received my fair share of accolades. The king wants me to travel the continent on a peaceful outreach assignment.' I know, putting it that way, it sounds unfit for a man of my rank, he chuckled again, which signaled his men to laugh as well. I suppose that means your regiment will be moving out of this area, Fingal said tactfully. Galen's sharp gaze, surprisingly lucid considering the volume the Imperial was imbibing, slid up to Fingal. Fingal took another sip and tried to appear unconcerned. Surely Fingal was not the only one in Ashdown who thought it strange that a large contingent was stationed here? For Galen to realize that Fingal suspected anything could be dangerous, if something really was going on. "'I will be back and forth from the capital,' Galen said finally, adopting an equally unconcerned tone." After all, Adeline is here, and my son. My commission will afford me that luxury, or so I've been informed. Now Galen was sitting up straighter, his face lightening. In fact, I'll be traveling all over. Part of what the king wants is, well, you can't tell anyone this is a secret just between us lads. The Imperials and Brendan nodded emphatically, and once again Fingal gave the barest sign of acknowledgment before Galen continued. The king wants me to share my stories with the continent, make sure the next generation is ready to join the fight. The door had not opened again. And the kitchen was roasting, yet Fingal felt a wash of cold penetrate his skin into his very heart. Galen was still talking, his mouth was moving, yet Fingal couldn't hear the words. He felt them in his bones. The war was over, but humans would not be complacent next time. Next time, they would be ready for an airstrike from the Fey or a magical attack. As if Galen suspected or had intel, that the Fey would attack soon. Did they know Queen Catriona was still alive? Did they know that at this very moment her heir was settled in bed above them? Fingal shakily took another drink, this time a long one. Brendan was equally sobered by Galen's words. But the people fought for the Imperials, They want to return to the way things were. That's not going to happen, Galen said, waving his ringed hand. And the men around him nodded in agreement. Of course, we appreciate the help of the Citizens Brigade. And if the former fighters want to join the Imperial ranks, there will be incentives for them to do so. But this is about being prepared. The farmers prepare their seeds for the following harvests, do they not? The businesses in the capital, they look at past revenues, they make purchases for the following year accordingly. The king is doing the same for the imperial guard." The room had quieted at Galen's words. Even Donuck's parents had yielded their share of the floor to Galen Stovall as he stood, eager to step into the attention. With the press of bodies around him, Fingal could not slip away. He drank some more, feeling the cold warmth of the liquid settle in his body. He sought the comfort of his friends scattered throughout the room. Nora and Dunnock had, at some point, returned to the kitchen and were at the foot of the stairs, Nora clasping Dunnock's hands, their faces pale. ''Brendan? No.'' Brendan was too enthralled with Galen. He never would leave. "'We have all suffered,' Galen continued. "'But we have also learned. Sure, we are at peace for now. But do you really think these creatures will leave us alone? The evil queen was capturing children. Children!' Do you really think just because she is dead, some other fae is an there taking up her mantle? We have to be vigilant. We have to keep. Outside, an explosion rocked the house. Then a scream, and then a louder explosion, and the sound of something large collapsing. The smell of smoke wafted into Fingal's nostrils, and then something sweeter and more dangerous, the scent of roses. Thank you for listening to Wing Torn. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. If you want to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com.